I remember back in the day when I first started writing grants for an organization that I was working at. It was a nonprofit. You have to have, as we said in the previous episode, certain objective things. It's a criteria that's true for everybody in order to apply for a grant. But I remember the process of writing, pinning out the first grant, oh, it took hours and hours and hours. I was having to learn all of this the hard way, which was just by navigating my way through it on my own. There aren't a lot of books out there on, on how to write a grant. There aren't a lot of resources out there that will teach you. Uh, and I remember after writing that grant, I stayed up most of the night till 2 or 3 a.m. writing it. The next day I had to drive it and hand deliver it, and I had to deliver it 90 minutes away. I could have mailed it in, but I mean, it took to the absolute last moment to get it out because we kept putting it off because it was going to be so difficult. It kind of then became a self-fulfilling process, prophecy that it was difficult because we waited and stayed up late, it was exhausting. And then I thought about the prospect of having to do it again and thought, I would honestly rather eat a blue jean jacket. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But, but then it hit me, if I wrote that stuff really well, and if it was a great project, I could send out similar request for that same project to multiple grant-making organizations. Like, I, did, I didn't have to write uh, one proposal to this foundation, come up with something completely new to the next organization, come up with something completely different to another organization, spend all this time kind of taxing my brain. Like, I, I could actually create one project, write it, dial in the proposal, and shoot that same proposal out in multiple directions. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that's where your system was born. It, I, it was, actually it was, <laughs> okay, so here's what, here's what I'm getting at. In the previous episode, we talked about objective items that every grant-making organization needs. Those are solid, secure, they absolutely do not change. In this episode, I wanna talk about eight things that we've identified that are subjective. Those are based on your unique project, on your specific proposal. And if you dial that stuff in and get the messaging right, you can continue applying almost, um, well, to as many organizations as you can find that fund the things that you do. Uh, let's let the training explain it. Hey friends, this is Andy taking a break from the podcast. From the main content, I wanted to come on and tell you uh, to take a look down in the show notes down there below. All those links and that information at the bottom of the explanation of this episode, you're going to find a link where you can download my grant template 
absolutely free. It's a PDF, it's a worksheet. You can download it, print it, pass it out to your team, pass that out to people that are grant makers, give it to your board of directors if you're running a nonprofit, and really start pulling together the core essential information that grant makers want to know from you. I tell you this, most grant makers ask for the absolute same exact stuff. And so if you have, as we say, an objective list of the things that they are all going to ask that are absolutely the same for every request, regardless of what that request is for, if you have that filed somewhere, and if you have it where you can easily get to it, you will save yourself so much time in the grant writing process and you will honestly uh, bypass a lot of just the mental angst of sitting down in the chair to finally focus on this. Uh, secondarily, there is another template, uh, part of the template that's there about the subjective elements that are in every grant making request. Now, these really have to dial in with that specific ask, the unique project uh, which you're requesting funding for. And so if you'll go through those questions and really start dialing that in, you could build a filing system on your computer, in your notes or a Word document, a Pages document, a Google Doc, and literally cut and paste into multiple requests. We tell you all about how to do that in our grant making course called Grant Making Machine, uh, but that template, that workbook, that PDF, uh, less than 10 pages long, absolutely free, and it will help you focus and dial it in. I say this a lot of times to uh, other leaders and nonprofits, other people who write grants. You know, you really got into this to focus on the mission of what you're doing. You did not get into this to chase the money, yet you know like I do that you can only take the mission as far as you have money to fund it. You think about it in a car analogy, you must have gas in the tank. This template and even that course that it references will empower you to do that with far less stress while reaching greater levels of success on the fundraising side so that you can really ultimately focus on the reason you got into this in the first place. That is the mission. Take advantage. That information is all down below. What do you need in order to qualify for a grant? Now, there are both subjective and objective items on that list. So here's, let me highlight that. There are some objective things that you must have. These are going to be asked by the same for every single grant from every single grant maker for every single grant fee. They are objective they do not change. You absolutely must have them or you can't apply for the grant. And then there are some subjective items. So we're going to pull this both together. Here's a good way to think about it. Grant making is part art, part science. So part of this is absolutely subjective. That's paint easel right there. Uh, if you can't tell, there are other things that are objective, kind of like, you know, measuring out this, uh, I get this a little scientific Erlenmeyer flask, I think. Okay, now that you know the eight objective items that you got to have in order to apply for a grant, let me tell you the subjective items. Here are the subjective items. 
Number one, what is the title of this specific request project? Uh, this specific request. So, uh, and you need to name it based on what it is. Don't name it after a person. Don't name it in memory of somebody. And, and I know you might be thinking, well, that's silly. Who would do that? It happens all the time. Don't name it something random. Name it what it is. Um, with Crosswinds, we have named stuff the PTSD project to help veterans overcome uh, invisible scars. We have named stuff literally the family project to help families heal from the stress brought in by one member of the family unit. We've named stuff uh, specifically based on what it is that we're doing. You want to be very clear right here, not clever. Don't be cute, be clear. Number two, you want to talk about how this fits in with the foundation and grant maker strategic priorities. Now, remember, we talked about who the grant makers are in an earlier module. Not every grant maker is going to fund you. Uh, some of them only give money to specific charities. They were founded up to just to fund one specific organization. Uh, some of them only fund unique niches. Some of them only fund uh, senior adults. If you don't work with senior adults, they're not going to fund you. Some of them only fund stuff in a certain geographic region. If you're not in that geographic region, they're not going to fund you. Others fund certain missions or organizational type goals. You want to be able to highlight why are you a fit for them and why are they a fit for you? So you've got to know that's subjective. That's up to interpretation. It's really about, as I keep saying, that relationship. Uh, here's a note that I put. Pay attention to the grant maker's guidelines, and you want to place those in that spreadsheet that I'm really, I've kind of been alluding to it. We're going to talk about how to build it in a little while. Uh, most grant makers, let me, let me highlight, most, most, not all, most, they will not allow for salaries. They will not allow for capital improvements or operating expenses. Uh, and sometimes unique exceptions are made. This is going to go back to a place that here because it's going to fit with their strategic priorities. They, they may say, hey, we're, we're, we're founded to fund these unique things. If that's what you do, you want to highlight that. You want to show, them, hey, this absolutely fits. Uh, one time I wrote a grant uh, to an organization because the grant maker was launched in the name of a general who was one of their family members. And his mission became, uh, because he was a general, he saw uh, some of his soldiers struggling with PTSD and moral injury uh, from the things they'd experienced. And so really his personal mission was, hey, I want to I want to help soldiers. I want to help their families. Uh, now, that was not written in the charter of the organization, uh, but I still applied because I showed, hey, um, this was kind of his personal thing. Y'all funded schools and other areas that maybe, just maybe, this would align. So Again, you pay attention. Sometimes exceptions will be made sometimes. And, and the person that, you know, is kind of the gatekeeper there at that foundation said, hey, I, I think you guys might actually be a good fit. We've never funded stuff like this before, but you might be the first. This might be sometimes exceptions are made. Uh, let me give you another time. I like this. Back during COVID, uh, one of the local grant makers here in Birmingham, the Community Foundation uh, of Greater Birmingham, there are community foundations that you can look up. Uh, literally uh, all over. Uh, the Community Foundation of Greater Birmingham 
they said, normally we don't fund for computers. Normally we don't fund for operating expenses. Normally we don't fund for, and they gave a list of things that they normally absolutely don't fund for. But hey, this is a unique, unique season. And so we're going to make some exceptions. We've talked to our donors. Uh, most of the donors that gave through the Community Foundation uh, even gave some extra money from there and released extra money so that all these nonprofits could survive. And so they made um, one-time only exceptions uh, for some grants that March, right when COVID happened. And then when everything kind of continued, remember everybody kind of thought, oh, we'll get back to work. This will be quick and easy. Uh, later on in the summer, they made another round of exceptions and allowed people to apply for some things. Uh, and so that right there is just a special note for you about paying attention to how this fits with the grant makers' strategic priorities. Number three, they're always going to ask you for the request amount. You are going to have to put a dollar figure on it and back up why you want it. You're going to have to say, I'm asking you for $5. Now, they're not going to give you a grant for five bucks. Uh, but realistically, you're going to have to say, I'm asking for $2,500. I'm asking for $5,000. I'm asking for $15. i am asking for $50. I'm asking for. And sometimes if you've got a great relationship that you'll develop with the gatekeeper at that foundation, at that organization, uh, they may come back to you and say, hey, I've, I've had this happen before. I applied for 25,000 one time to an organization and the, the lady called me back and said, Hey, okay, I see why you did that, but let's increase it to about 37,000 because that's what they have to get. And that's what I think they, that we can get. And sure enough, we got a little bit more than 37,000 that time around. And so put the request amount. They're going to ask you for request amount. And you're going to have to back it up. And again, build a relationship with people because that's going to prove helpful to you. Not only are they going to ask you a request amount, they're going to ask you for a project amount. So they're going to ask you, how much do you want us to give you for that project? And how much is the total project going to cost you to do? Now, here's a pro tip. The pro tip is the request amount shouldn't exceed in most cases, unless you've got a unique relationship and the grant maker says, hey, we want to find a different amount. Your request amount shouldn't exceed more than 15 to 20% of the project amount. So don't anticipate that they're going to fund the absolute entire thing. They want to show that, hey, you've got, you've got some skin in the game. You're not just asking us to fund it. You've got other people that you're talking to. And you've got other people that have invested in this. Other people actually believe in you as well. And so don't expect them to fund all of it. Number five, not just the request amount, project amount, but the project budget. So you're going to have to back up. Uh, if the project amount is $100,000, and let's say we ask our grant maker for 10, we're really on that project budget going to need to break down the $100,000 line item by line item by line item of what is there. Um, and it's often helpful, I'd say, if you highlight a line item on that budget for them to fund. So if you say, hey, it's a $100,000 project, for instance, and I'm asking you for 10000 of it, show them where that 10000 is going to go. Or a lot of times I'll ask for an odd number, not, not an odd number on purpose, just to make it an odd number. I'll just say, hey, uh, there's a line item on this budget for $9,000 out of 
you know, 97,500 that this project's going to cost. And so I would love for you guys to consider covering that $9,000 line item. And here's why. Um, and then I'll kind of spell it out. Hey, your organization uh, loves veteran causes and, you know, your founder that we've met with multiple times uh, loves education and curriculum. And so uh, we would love for you guys to cover uh, that workbook that we're putting together to uh, assist families uh, healing as a unit from the effects of post-traumatic stress and how one person bringing that into the family, hey, we, we all have to heal. We all have to adjust and move forward. So uh, it's again, it's helpful if you highlight a line item on that budget for them to fund. Sixth thing is you don't just need a budget, you need a project proposal. Uh, now the project proposal, uh, that's going to really spell out what this project is going to do. In, in fact, I, I just highlighted right there. Let me let me give you some more details on that. So the project proposal is going to have a summary. Uh, I'm going to show you one in a second. I'm going to show you a little video of uh, just kind of a screen share uh, that, I, that I put together. So the project proposal is going to be a summary of what does that project do? Not the summary of your organization. This is the summary of what this project will achieve. So I would do it in about 200 to 500 words. Um, when you start applying for grants online, they're actually going to give you space where you cut and paste that thing in and they're going to say, uh, do it in X amount of words or less. Now, now, you don't have to use all the words that you're given, but you're going to need to be concise. What is this project going to achieve? Number two, they're all going to ask you the goals and the objectives of that project, including objective criteria that you can measure metrics to gauge your success, whether or not it was effective. Now, you're not going to want to, in a feedback form or in a project report after the project happens or midstream through it, you're not going to want to lie on it and say, oh, that, you know, that worked perfectly. If it didn't, they're not going to penalize you. Again, most of these people have been in business. Most of these people have failures in their past. Sure, they want to fund stuff that's going to knock it out of the park, but they know every single time it's not going to. So you're, you're going to want to say, hey, um, we hope to serve 100 people through this. And if you do, that's great. You serve 110, awesome. If you serve 75, hey, I serve 75. Um, and here's what we're going to do, forthgoing, to increase that. So you're going to want to have objectives and measurables on that. Uh, number three, you're going to want to have a budget narrative. So you go back to, I said, you got to have a project budget. That was number five up here. You're going to want to have a narrative that explains just kind of line item by line item. Hey, what does that achieve? I'll, I'll show you that in a moment. You're also going to want to have uh, written in your proposal, how this fits with the bigger picture of your organization or your long range plan. You, you don't want to just be doing something random. You want to do something that fits with the mission of what you do so that there's longevity in this project. Now, let me show you before I go farther what this looks like. Um, this is a, a document from, uh, I typed this into pages. One, one of the ways that you can apply for a grant, we're going to get into this and I'll show you uh, in another module, is you can apply online. More and more, they're moving to that. Other grant makers want you to just mail it in, send it in. And so I created a template uh, in pages 
that really talks about this. Now, now notice, introduction to the organization. So that's the history of our organization. The brief description of the request. So that's kind of the summary. Total dollar amount and request. So it's going to cost this much. I'm asking you for that much. Operating budget for organization, board of directors. These are some of the objective criteria, current sources of funding, 501c3 confirmed status. Let me show you some of the early pages of this and just walk you through it. So right here, just kind of scrolling up, this is just a video of it. Uh, Centers of Hope, introduction to the organization. So I've written it down. There's the history. Uh, you don't have to read all this. If you want to read it, you can. You can just take a screenshot and stop it. I'm going to let it keep running. Um, this is kind of the background, some of the success. Now, here's the brief description of the request. Here's how it fits in with our bigger picture. Uh, this is outlining the entire project right there. There's some current partners that we work with. Here we go to the total dollar amount. So I'm requesting a grant right here for $20,000. Um, you can see it fits into phase one. We've already done the other phases. Uh, on paper, there's the budget. Here's the narrative right there. Look, just line by line. There's not a lot of detail. It's just a summary. Uh, a couple sentences for each line item that was in that project budget. Okay, there's the total operating budget for the year of the organization. And then as you imagine, I get into spreadsheets. It's all right there. It can be that simple. Now, one thing that I highlighted in there, partnering organizations, the grant makers want to know that, hey, you're doing this project, but you're not just doing this in isolation. You've reached out to some other people. Some of those organizations might be bigger than you. Some of them might be smaller. Uh, you've reached out to people who have expertise in other areas. If you're helping homeless people, and you're providing food and shelter for them, it would make sense for you to partner with somebody perhaps in mental health that can provide counseling services for you. You might even be providing uh, an opportunity for people who do job skills training or who help people get their GED. You might have an outlet venue for them to come teach at your facility. Uh, those are things that we did when we were helping people coming off the streets, come off drugs out of prison, out of human trafficking. We had all these other organizations that provided niche things that we did not do um, that were really kind of out of our lane, but we saw the importance of having those people nearby. And so we would invite them to come in. And many times we would write a grant. And by virtue of having those people there, it helped us get those grants. Also, by virtue of those organizations working with us, they were able to get grants for what they were doing because all of a sudden everybody saw, hey, this, this organization that's providing GED help. Uh, and, and believe it or not, that was in some foundation's charter that they would fund that. Well, I wasn't eligible for it because I wasn't staffing it. I wasn't resourcing it. I certainly didn't have the time and energy to schedule it and do it, but found a partnering agency that did. They were able to get funded for it and come to my place and teach regularly, and they were, they, were, they were able to do it for free of charge to me. And it helped me get more grants because they were there, but they were able to get the grant to do it because I'd invited them to come in. And so you, you get this symbiotic relationship with other grant makers. Okay, so what I just said, we, we were just talking about number six is your project proposal. Let's keep on going. Again, this is subjective items in the grant. 
you need a list of funding commitments and other requests. So each grant maker is going to say, hey, you, you said, for instance, this is $100,000. You're asking us for work, 10000 of the hundred. So there's $90,000 more out there you need to find. Have you found any of it? And who did you find it from? Or who have you applied to besides us? Now, they're, they're not going to ask you what the line item is that you wanted them to find. Uh, they're not going to get into all those details. They just want to know, hey, have, have you? Because And they're hoping that you have. They're, they're not hoping that, and I say this because so many times when I'm talking to people that are about to write a grant, they're like, well, if I tell them I'm applying to all these other places, they're not going to give me the grant. No, no, no. They want to know that, I used to think that too. They want to know that you've diversified, that you're reaching out and spreading those stakes far and wide. So who else is believing in you? Think about it from the standpoint of like a blockbuster film. You're more likely to go watch the movie because everybody else is watching the movie. You're more likely to read the books. Everybody else is reading the book. You're more likely to do whatever it is because, you know, other people bought in. So they want to know, have other people bought in and or do you have a relationship such that you are reaching out to other people? They don't want to be the solopreneur at all of this. Number eight, they're all going to ask you, how will this project continue? What's the long-term strategy? Remember, most of them, they're making the yay or nay have a business background or somebody in their family has a business background. And so they're not interested in just opening up something and oh, that's it. It's over. Though that would be a unique situation. And sometimes, yeah, absolutely, you know, these unique situations come along, these exceptions. Most of the time, the vast majority of the time, they're going to know that you have a strategy to make this thing continue long term. So what they're going to see what they're doing as and uh the, the, the gentleman that I work for, Bob, he told me this. They're going to want to see this, and he actually uses this term. And has kind of taught me to use it a lot. They're going to want to see what they do as an investment that has a return on that investment. Not not just they're going to get money back, but we're going to invest a little bit in you, and it's going to continue with a ripple effect of people that are going to be served, and it's going to go on and on and on and on. So how are you planning to keep this thing going? Um, is it going to become self-funding, or you got other fundraising strategies in place, or you know, are you selling something that's going to help? They don't mind if you do that. In fact, again, they're going to be more likely to buy in if you... Uh, have a continuance strategy. Now, let me give you three more things that are often allowed. Often, not always, they're often allowed. Sometimes, uh, especially when you're uploading online, they'll say, hey, we'll, we'll allow you to upload one page of pictures about your project. And so if you've been serving people doing a certain thing and you've got pictures of that, go ahead and give a go ahead and upload that. Or if you've got a newsletter that you've done that your founders put out over the past year, go ahead and upload that. Sometimes they'll let you upload an overview of the plans. So at Crosswinds, um, we created kind of a five-year five plan that we knew would probably adjust and change, and it did. But every time I was writing early on in phase one, phase two of a five-phase plan, I would just upload the whole thing. Hey, here's what we're doing right now. Here's where we're headed. When, when we were in you know, year three of that, 
we'd made some adjustments to it. I would upload it and I would have it edited. Hey, we thought we would have done this, but we did that. Here's some adjustments. Some things are moving a little slower. Some things are moving a lot faster. We would upload it to where they say, hey, oh yeah, this is part of a bigger picture. Especially as some of these people started funding us for multiple years. Uh, the third thing is often you can upload a brochure or some other marketing piece. And so if they give you the opportunity to do that, go ahead and do that. Make sense? Okay, in the next module, I'm going to tell you, now that you know how to put a proposal together, I'm going to tell you when and how to apply and how often. That will be module three. I have a PDF for you that is all about grant making. It is the template I use. Uh, ever so often, it seems like every few months, I'll get the question, how do you know how to write grants? And where do you find the grant makers? And how do you, do you figure all this out? And I always tell people the same exact reasoning behind it. I have been doing this for an extremely long time. I've been in the nonprofit world for over two decades. And at some point, I didn't know anything about writing grants and had to step into the process uh, on my own from scratch and just figure it out. And uh, as you might imagine, uh, if you start wading down that trail, you've probably already figured this out. There are so many variables, so many unknowns. Now, the thing that I did have going for me was I wrote everything down and I tended to file it and categorize it and create a system out of it. They often say that experience is a good teacher, and it is. I learned a lot through that process. The problem with gaining the experience is it eats up your most valuable resource, your time. And if you're focused on the mission of a nonprofit, you need to spend the majority of your time, I would say 90% at least of your time on that mission and not chasing the money. Yet the catch is you need the money. So back to the thing, experience is a good teacher for sure. Um, that's how I learned it. But evaluated experience and learning from someone else's experience if it's all broken down for you, can be a great teacher because you learn all the stuff, you avoid the mistakes, you accelerate the learning curve, and you get the absolute same results uh, plus some because now you get to uh, skip all the potholes and stay out of the ditches. And so the grant making machine is a course where we put all of this together. It's down below. I would encourage you to take a look at that. The link is there. And if you're so inclined, jump straight into that course. And right now you can create a grant making machine at your nonprofit. Now, if you think, well, I might want to kind of tiptoe into it and see what it's about. There is a low level item that I have for you, but it has massive output and can create exponential fruit for you. That is the grant making template. You can download that absolutely free. And it is gonna take you step by step through the objective things you need for every grant and the subjective elements that you need for your specific project. Uh, if you've been listening to this series, you realize that all grant makers ask for the absolute same things. So in that template, you're gonna to learn to get the messaging right, you're gonna learn how to file it, and you're gonna learn how to grab it and keep reusing the same stuff in each grant that you write. 
saving you time while raising money so that you can focus on the mission. All those resources are in the links down below.